George, about these emails we've had. Yeah. Um, the Ben Fogel follow-up from his lawyers, that long legal letter. Mm. Um, the emails from Mike Skinner from the streets, just calling us cunts. <laughs> um, that Diana Ross email where she said that we were um, plagiarists. Oh, because of the theme tune. Yeah. Mm. Do we want to include those in the in the section, Crass Correspondence, or do we just leave them? I think leave it. We want to keep it light, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and hey, you know, you're not, you know, ignore things and they go away, don't they? Yeah. yeah that's how it works. Yeah. We'll leave that then. Yeah. Right. Do you want to press the button that starts the theme music? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm pressing the button now. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Series 3, Episode 9 of Crass. I'm George Walsh. And I'm Paul Austin. George, as always, and for the penultimate time, it's Paul's Question Time. Just press the button for the jingle. Paul's Question Time. Paul's Question Time. George. Yes. Paul's Penultimate Question Time. Incidentally, um, I was talking to a friend of mine Mm. uh, called Edith league yeah she said that we shouldn't get rid of paul's question time because it's it's the only bit of the show that um prompts any sort of discussion mm. um yeah but what, fuck it what does she know i don't know about that george yes paul's question time if you had to reboot one classic sitcom which would you choose and who would be your dream cast Right. That is a very good question for once paul i have to say yeah thank you well i thought i'd play out of the bag for the uh for the second to last one. Yeah. Is it all going to go downhill next week for the finale? It'll be a real bad one, probably. Okay, but good. Who knows? Good. I'll get prepared. <laughs> um, reboot a sitcom. I think I'd reboot Are You Being Served? That's the sitcom I'd oh, reboot, yeah, yeah. I think. I think okay. we need um, we need a revival of that in this day and age. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. You know, I mean, because the, um, the high street is, is at its peak now. Yeah. It's never been it's busier. Never, it's never flown higher than... <laughs> I mean, you're on the front line. You see it every day, yeah, the yeah, excitement. I see it. I see In it. a way, you're I like do, a yeah. character in Are You Being Served. <laughs> Which character am I like? Um, Careful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a, a cross between the Randy one yeah, uh, and the the old one. Well, no, you're just the old one. Yeah, The old one? Young Mr. Grace. <laughs> right, fine. I don't watch how you've been served, yeah. so I don't. No, it's on, Who it's on gold. It, being repeated on is gold. Is it? Yeah. I don't have gold. We can't get it up here in the Midlands. <laughs> <laughs> Was it like the Bermuda Triangle for gold? It is. <laughs> they refuse gold. to broadcast it here. <laughs> <laughs> so, who would I cast? Because you asked yeah. about that. I think yeah. um, you'd have to have John Chalice. As Captain Peacock, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. He just is Obvious so choice. perfect for that. Marlene! <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> I think someone like Sherry Hewson as Mrs. Slocum would be a good shout. Who's she? She's she's one of the loose women. Oh, okay, right. She, you'd sure. recognise her. She was in. Okay. She was a hotel manager in um, Benidorm. The sitcom right, okay. Benidorm, not the place. 
No, actually, <laughs> she's moonlighting. They they went. They did go methods for Benadorm, didn't they? They all went out to Benadorm. Yeah. <laughs> when it first started, they took it really seriously. <laughs> I think um, Jason Watkins would be a good Mister Humphreys. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, do you know? Do you know any of the characters apart from those ones? No. No. Oh, there's. Did you say Mrs. Slocum? You yeah, did, yeah. didn't you? Um. I think well, I'll I'll just say them anyway. I'll rattle through them. I think Roy Barraclough would be good as Mister Granger, yeah. although actually, oh no, that's a different character, Mister Rumbold. Um, who could play Mister Rumbold? Justin Edwards. Do you know? Um, in the thick of it, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just said in the thick of it, and you've gone yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd be good, but actually, a man who repaired our boiler six months ago would have been ideal. He looked exactly <laughs> like him because he was a slaphead with big ears. <laughs> Could he have acted though? Could you think he's quite? As, do you think he's funny enough? He was funny enough to, to be... look at. I think you just. Oh, okay. he, that was the sort of character they'd wheel on to be official and and. I can't believe this is going on in the store. Sort of character, and yeah. I think I think he wouldn't do a good job of that. But he looks like him, and that's more important. Do you know? Because like I, I compared you unfavorably to the old duffer who runs the shop. Yes. Um, I think he's long dead now. So you'd have to go young to counteract that. So okay. I think someone like Matthew Horn could do that. Uh, he's very BBC. Be good, yeah. I think he'd be, be good for that. He's brilliant in everything he's in. Yeah, and I think he'd have to have a, a sexy nurse slash secretary because, you know, it's are you being served and it's... Yeah, obviously. <laughs> that's that's what we're in for. So someone like Georgie Porter, I think, could do that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Um, well, this is a good cast so far, yeah. George. I just wish there was some way we could see these guys in action. Yeah, it's a actually shame. Actually in. It's a shame. I've been served. It's a shame we'll never get to see that. Yeah, but that's that's what I'd do if I could bring okay. back any classic sitcom and cast it with a dream cast. That's what I'd do. That's what you'd do. Have you but got an answer for this just one? just a pipe dream. Yeah, I'd probably go with Only Fools and Horses. Yeah. Um. I was thinking about this, and I thought what I'd do is I'd probably make it a bit more more 2019 mm. by sort of making Del Boy a lady, mm. Del Girl. Del Girl. That'd be fucking awful, wouldn't it? <laughs> if they called her Del Girl as well. <laughs> oh, Christ. Imagine that. Mm. But I'd have her be Saran Jones. Yeah. I was looking, actually, I was looking at a list of um, the biggest actresses from London, mm. and they were all proper posh. Yeah. Like you could never imagine any of them being Del Boy. Just shows the uh, state that the industry's in. Starring Phoebe Waller-Bridge as Rodney. <laughs> oh no, I'd stick with uh, Lindhurst probably. Oh as Rodney. no, fair enough, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but still have him as the younger brother. <laughs> um, Michael Caine, I'd have as Granddad. Yeah, and then to stick with the kind of whole 2019 of of Only Fools and Horses mm. when he dies. I'll have um, Miriam Margulies as Auntie Albert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think Miriam Gargoyles would be good as uh, Auntie Albert. That would be good. Tilda Swinton I'd have as Trigger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For some reason, I know he's not quite the right age, but I just thought Mickey Pierce, Ben Elton. <laughs> I think he'd be a good... Be he a would. good Mickey Pierce. He wouldn't be that bad as Mickey Pierce, yeah. But no, then again, if Rodney's right. still the same Rodney, then age-wise, <laughs> it would still That's probably work. That's a good work. point. That's fine. Sorted. <laughs> Greg Davis is, um, <laughs> as Boise. 
He'd be all right. Yeah. Anyway, let's end this fucking segment. Yeah, we've, we've done the question now, haven't we? Let's move on. Oh, how can I vary this up, George? You could you, not you do, could it. do it. Do you want to shout the jingle? No, not really. I'll do. I'll what just. Do you mean, no? I'll introduce it, but I'm not shouting it. Yeah, but yeah, but you need to shout. Stop the presses. I don't need to shout. Stop the presses. So, crass correspondence. Uh, have we had any emails this week? Not from lawyers. Um, we have actually. Yeah, we've had an email from Christopher Stewardson. Mm. Uh, he says, "Good evening." Yeah, or not? It might be the morning when you read this. I don't know. It, yada, it's, yada, yada. it's evening. They do all this thing, don't they, our listeners? They're sort of meandering, like they're kind of yeah. getting to the point. Just go straight into it if you're going to write in. Just go straight into it with the point, and we're not, we won't make fun of you. Mm. It doesn't need, you don't have to meander about and go, oh, I wrote this email on a Tuesday, and I think maybe do. Fuck that. <laughs> anyway, it seems to me that crass isn't. I will give you this, though, Christopher. You've included the exclamation mark yes. in crass. Yes. Well good. done. Uh, crass isn't crass enough. There's not a lot of swearing. This disappoints me as I'd hoped this podcast would alleviate my belligerent fear of hypocrisy. I have been hospitalised twice as a result. We can have a sort of jingle when our uh, emails try and be funny and then aren't. Yeah. yeah. I think that'd be I'll good. I'll try and rustle some up for that. It could be based on like the sound of crickets and like a kind of tumbleweed <laughs> roll. Like something to do with that. Please, please fix the lack of crassness, or else. All the best, Long Chris. So, well, can I respond to that? Yeah, of course you can. I just want to really go into why we're called crass. Yes, Um, we we called it crass because we wanted a one-word name with an exclamation mark, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Like wham, we did, or jeopardy. Yeah, Uh, and also because we thought that crass would give us good insurance if we ever did go over the line. We could just go, well, <laughs> it's called true. crass. Yeah. What, would, what did you expect? It's like a sort of, like a get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you, Chris. I feel like it was a mistake at this point, but we're stuck with it. <laughs> um, what, what can we do now? It's crass. We've three series in. What do you want me to do? Um, I will say, in defence of the title, that the Oxford English Dictionary defines crass as such. Showing no intelligence or sensitivity provides synonyms such as stupid, dense, witless, and bovine, which I think have all applied to this podcast at one point or another. May not really has does origins, up, yeah. <laughs> And has origins in the Latin word crassus, meaning solid and thick. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to sound defensive, Chris, but if you'd done your research, mate, maybe you wouldn't be wasting NHS resources with your... Oh, it's hypocritical. Oh, ew whinging that you're doing and then emailing us and blaming us for it just looking yeah up. i mean come on i mean this show is we are the we are the definition of crass it is the, i mean listening this is to the that, number I mean, one is... bovine podcast you will hear <laughs> <laughs> it, we can have that as a little tagline yeah <laughs> that'd be brilliant oh god that's depressing isn't it also we swear all the fucking time yeah although that one was forced what are you wasn't on it, about Paul? you just said that how much to... more do you Oh, I need to sound like I swear. That's you, though. But we do swear. Yeah. We do swear a lot, don't we? Mm. I mean, think how many times we've said fucked off. Fucked off. Fucked off. Fucked off. Fucked off. Fucked off. 
fucked off again. I mean, cheers for emailing, Chris. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. We appreciate the... Uh, do we? Um, I've got an email here as well. Okay. Uh, I don't think you saw this one. It's from Simon Garfunkel. Of course it is. Who has emailed to say... <laughs> It's almost like I've just looked at my records on my shelf to see what name I can... Um, George. But you haven't done that. No, I've not done that. It's a real email. (laughs) George, if you didn't do your hair like a 1950s bus driver and started wearing eyeshadow, you'd look exactly like Susie Ruffle. Are you sure that George Walsh isn't one of her characters and that this whole podcast isn't just an elaborate practical joke? So long, Frank Lloyd Wright, Simon Garfunkel. (laughs) Do you think um, that's insulting um, to Susie Ruffle? I think if she was to to forge yeah. a podcast <laughs> in a spare time, she'd do something better than this. So Who would I be played by? Well, OJ provided a few examples weeks ago, oh, but yeah. I don't think you'd care yeah. for me to repeat them. So, It's Corden, listeners, in case you haven't listened to the early one. It was Corden. I don't want to give him any clues. If they're not listening to all of it, then don't listen to any of it. <laughs> Basic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, basic. But yeah, James Corden, probably. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Cheers, mate. (laughs) Start the presses again, you bastards! Oh, do you know what, George? I'm sick of that. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm... (laughs) Everything about Crass... Crass Correspondence kills the show for me, to be honest, George. Yeah. The sooner we can move on from it, the better. Mm. Thankfully, it's over. Well, it is. And we've started the, the started the presses again. Yeah, great. That's it. The printing press is up and running again. Fucking um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. What are the noise it makes, I guess. <laughs> um, Paul, let's have a crass tomato catch-up. Well, George, I don't want to start with this sort of negative thing, but I do have to um, indulge in a little crass correction. Blah, 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 blah. There was a mistake on the Crass Podcast, so we're now trying to make up for it here. Sorry, there was a mistake on the Crass Podcast, and we're going to have to apologize. It was probably Paul's fault, but that does not mean that I should be seen as infallible. Now the music's gonna do the rasm for bit as we plan to make our Crass Correction. A couple of weeks ago, I said that there were no, there was no home bargain store. Uh, where I live, yeah, uh, there, there actually is. It's um, it's in Worcester. Yeah. It's by Shrubbill train station, and it's next door to the pet shop. Mm. So yeah, you you got so that one wrong. Yeah. Crash corrected. <laughs> <laughs> in better news, yeah, you know I was looking for them crisps. Mm. You found them. Uh, I found them. Hey. I found them in Asda. Yeah. Uh, Asda are the ones selling. I called them Hula Hoops Max Flavor. Yeah. They're not actually called that. I've got a bag here. So is that another crass correction? Oh, I've got three bags, actually. 
Um, that's not an official crass correction because I don't think it's my fault that I thought they were called Max Flavor because the billboard did say Hula Hoops Max Flavor yeah. and the actual name of them Flavor Rings mm. was written in is written much in much smaller text. Yeah, that's so less selling it so less exciting, isn't it? Flavor Rings, Flavor Flavor Rings, rings. whatever. I don't know. But um, I'm excited to try these. We've got three bags. Yeah. There's tangy cheese flavour, mm. salt and vinegar, and spicy. Yeah. Um, Is it just spicy? It's not spicy beef. Just or... no, it's just spicy. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other cri- knickknacks were? Was yeah, that they nice were just nice and spicy. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're going for that. It says hula hoops, flavour rings, big bold, and so ellipses irresistible. Yeah. I'm hoping that it lives up to that. It's a 90 gram bag. Sixteen percent of your fat intake in this bag. Wow, <laughs> it's a big bag to be fair. Yeah, um, it's too red. Red fat and salt are both red. This is the traffic light system? Are we going through the fat whole salt traffic light system. What? Okay, if you're not interested, I won't bother. Um, let's just go. I'm just going to open yeah. it now. There you go. This is near the sound of the bag opening. I'm going to have a. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. First disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, these are not a potato-based snack. They are corn-based. What? Which doesn't doesn't scream hula hoops to me. No. So I don't know why they're in a hoop shape. Yeah. But they're. But that yeah. They smell spicy. They're not burning my nose. This is the spicy flavour I'm trying now. Yeah. Just. Uh... <laughs> right, I'm gonna try my first one. Okie doke. Um. This is the bit that's bovine, I think. <laughs> Chewing like a cow. Hmm. Right. So, one thing I would not describe these as is Max flavour. No. They've got flavour, <laughs> sure. But not the maximum amount of flavour you could have. But not the maximum amount. No. Oh, I'm really disappointed by these. Are they spicy? They're a little bit spicy, but I could eat. I reckon that they're, they're mild enough that I could eat a whole bag of them. Yeah, all sixty percent of your fat intake. <laughs> I've got three bags, so <laughs> let's move on. This is the uh, tangy cheese one now. Same sort of shape. Yeah. Less of a smell than the. Uh... Than the sp- they're really low on the old smell. Yeah, they're not giving me the. There you go now. You're listening to Crass, the bovine podcast. That one's better. Yeah. Is it taste of cheese a, is, is is the the first question. A taste of cheese in the way that crisps that taste of cheese taste like cheese. Yeah. Tangy? Slightly. I've mm. never got the whole tangy cheese thing. It's yeah. No, well, okay. never, it's never felt tangy to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's That one's all right. That one's all right. It's better than the spicy one. But here's the one that I've been looking forward to, the salt and vinegar one. Mm-hmm. I'm really hoping this is max on vinegar. Yeah, because salt and vinegar is a staple, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. So, totally. So you've got to get it right. Right. Salt and vinegar. Same sort of look. Mm. Wow. Just a corn smell. I can smell nothing but corn in this that, bag. That bodes not very well. No, it doesn't. Chomping away. Paul Austin. Again. Now. That is very disappointing. Yeah. 
It starts off with a kick of salt and vinegar. Yeah. And I say kick, it's more of a kind of... Tap on the shoulder. A tap on the shoulder of salt and vinegar. And then it just turns to corn straight away. Hmm. Neither of the other two had that. The other two at least did maintain their flavours for the whole yeah. um, treat. But you would So you would describe the salt and vinegar ones as min flavour, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. They are definitely min flavour, the salt and vinegar ones. Yeah. Well, that I, is shit. I'm really disappointed by that. I reckon the, the Hula Hoops people... Who is it? Is it KP Snacks? Let me have a look. But naming names. Uh... Used to be. It's like the McCarthy hearings. Uh, they are now distributed by Tato Snacks. Mm. Yeah. There's no mention of KP anywhere on this bag. I think Monday morning they're going to play this in the boardroom, and they're all going to cack themselves, <laughs> and they're going to have well, their I heads in their so, hands, cause... and you know one of them's going to jump out the window. It's just going to be. Yeah. It's going to be an awful scene. Because of your so your slamming indictment of the Max flavor flavor rings, mm. I mean, I will say they're not bad at all. Some vinegar ones are close, though, guys. Yeah. Um, but they're just really just they're boring. Mm. They're just a normal corn. The fact that they're corn has pissed me off because mm. I was really excited. Yeah. For a kind of big, really Max flavor potato snack. Mm. I wanted it to really blow my socks off, and it just didn't. Corn or, or maize? Uh, well, they are maize, I think, but they describe well, yeah, themselves they're, yeah, they're, they're, as... I think they're pretty similar. Yeah. Don't cross-correct me on that in the future, but I think they're, they're very similar. But I'm just thinking... Spicy flavour corn snacks. You can get... Maize flour. Yeah. yeah. You can get Ringo's, can't you? They already exist. Mm. Yeah. They're just like that. Yeah. Like that. Disappointing. Very disappointing. But, you know, it is crass, mm. so what else do you expect? Did they not have a tomato-flavoured bag? No, the spicy ones are sort of tomato-flavour. Mm-hmm. There's a definite hint of tomato so, in there. Right, so I'm just trying to get some purchase out of this feature's name. <laughs> but... I didn't even realise that's what you not were doing. E- not even the crisps are tomato-y enough. Here's the ingredients for the spicy ones. With you, ketchup. Uh, maize flour, sunflower oil, mm. 35% sunflower oil. Um, spicy flavour, sugar, salt, natural flavouring, dried yeast extract, dried onion, hot paprika powder, dextrose, and then acid. So, so. Uh, citric acid, cayenne pepper, maltodextrin and ground cumin, and rice flour. So it's not tomatoes, then? No tomatoes. It's, it's a, a combination of spices... Paprika, cumin. No, they are not. I would not recommend. They are not a crash recommendation. Mm. If they're around, then they're fine. If if you get a free bag, don't say no. Don't turn them down. Mm. But if you have to go out and spend one fifty a bag, yeah, do not bother. There's much better snacks on the market than that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> <I can't> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a kind of. Um, <laughs> What's, what do they call it? A fucking um, consumer report. Yeah. Well, we did, we did have, according to the Crass Wiki, which I looked at for the first time <laughs> in about two years. Can't believe that exists. We had we apparently had a feature called Consumer Corner. Was that the what was that? That was just we when I said the... you can get cheap cinema tickets. Oh yeah. So we did could... have a, didn't we didn't have jingles in those days. No. So presumably didn't have a jingle. 
But let's okay. Let's retroactively yeah. say that that is another entry in uh, Crass Kachuma Corner. Yeah. <laughs> but it is also still a Crass Tomato Ketchup. <laughs> So, Paul, why don't you tell me what you've been watching this week? Tell me what you've been watching this week. You tell them you saw it on the, um, the telly. Well, George, to be honest, I haven't really been watching anything this week. Um, I did <laughs> I did try and watch a bit of Taskmaster, mm. but unfortunately I couldn't continue with it because of um, the fucking adverts. Yeah. Uh, which leads me into another edition of Things What Get On Me Tits. Oh, on this here grass podcast, we do have lots of bits. And here's another feature called Things What Get On Me Tits. Yeah, Things What Get On Me Tits. Right, George, is it just me or... Have adverts got much, much, much worse in the last over the last few years? Yeah, they have. I think they are absolutely and not. I'm going to be really specific. First, right? Okay. First of all, I'm going to talk about. We're getting into November now, and all the Christmas adverts have started, and they're mm. fucking me off. Yeah, I hate this whole. Oh, we've got to compete to for a new Christmas advert this year. You seen the Sainsbury's one? No. Oh, I can fuck off. It's like they've shoved like loads of Christmassy things in a blender. And just come out with. There's a bit with like a kind of Oliver Twist-like character. There's a sort of Scrooge in it, and then it ends with the kid becoming Santa, and oh. there's all oranges and like a woman. Sainsbury's is like personified as a woman who's all kind. Yeah, that's shit. And that fucking Aldi carrot is back, oh, but he's off, got a new mate. advert where he sings uh, Robbie Williams, and everyone like loves him. If I was that sprout, I would fucking kill him. I'd grate him as well. Yeah, I'd grate fuck out of him. <laughs> But anyway, I'm not going on about the Christmas adverts. They're just, they're annoying. We know that. What I wanted to complain about is, the I think, the worst kind of advert that's come about recently is adverts that use clips and characters from well-loved pieces of popular culture. So this started, I think, well, I first became aware of it with Halifax yeah. when they were using Scooby-Doo and Top Cat mm. to sell. I don't really care about Scooby-Doo and Top Cat, so I'm not really bothered, but it was a bit weird how they were using like yeah. a crook to sell a bank mm. account or whatever they were trying to do. I think I can. The, um, an earlier example I can remember is a Galaxy Chocolate with Audrey Hepburn on a, on a bus. Oh, shit, yeah. Yes, I do remember that. But God. there's not much in it. Yeah. There wasn't much earlier, but yeah. I don't know if I've got the actual... I don't know if having kind of... Mm. The thing with Audrey Hepburn is she's such a kind of icon. Yeah. That you can almost get away with it. Yeah. Especially if she's selling something like... I'm not so bothered when it's selling something like chocolate. Because mm. chocolate is nice. But banks. And I can kind of... But banks, I mean, fuck it. It seems really cynical, doesn't yeah. it? Which leads me on to the fact that... Um, Barclay cars started using the fucking Muppets. Mm. The Muppets. Uh, do you know what? I was fine with them advertising. Again, I was fine with them advertising Warburton's. Yep. That was fine. Some, uh, but Bread. I love bread and I love crumpets. <laughs> but using the Muppets to sell a Barclay card mm. can fuck right off. I mean, the Muppets are basically dead now. They've been killed in my eyes. Mm. Barclay card killed the Muppets. Yeah. And now, I don't know if you've seen, but they're advertising Facebook. What, the Muppets? Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Facebook portal. Using the Muppets. So the Muppets can fuck right off mm. aligning themselves with fucking Facebook. Yeah. 
Uh, then Halifax used another thing that I love, the Wizard of Oz. Mm. They used that afterwards. Yeah. F- can fuck off. Um, and most recently, yes. in fact, this actually is what caused me to turn off Taskmaster and turn off my TV. Um, Tesco yes. have taken to advertise their new Club Card Plus. Mm. They've got some advertisements in store, I think, just billboards and stuff. They're using sort of um, classic bits of pop culture. So the only one I can think of now are uh, one of the Spice Girls, I think Mel B. Yeah. I don't care about Mel B. Mm. I think she's advertising one, and they've taken Morecambe and Wise. Yeah. There's a photo of them in store talking about a club card. Bit weird, isn't it? They're both dead. Mm. Proper, yeah, proper weird. But the the worst one, the most egregious yeah. one, is an advert where they've taken the penul- the final, big, the climactic, most emotional moment of Casablanca, yeah. and they've redubbed it to advertise a club card. Yes, I could not agree with you more. I think this is <sighs> sacrilegious, really. Awful. If cinema was a religion, which I know it's it's not, but to me it is. So. It's wrong. It's, it's so wrong. That that it's so wrong. The end of that film is so beautiful and brilliantly put together. I think Humphrey Bogart and Ulrika Johnson do it fantastically. <laughs> and they are good. It's the that ending means a lot to a lot of people. Oh, I've got an idea. Everyone loves that bit in Casablanca. That's famous. Why don't we use it to sell the club card? Yeah. Ah, what if they're talking about the club Ah, what if they're talking about a club card in it? Ah, <laughs> it just, it's just so, it just depresses me every time I see it. Yeah. And the problem with, I don't actually see this problem as much on TV, but if you watch a lot of catch-up services mm. that have adverts, they seem to loop the same adverts. Yeah. I think they've got about three adverts and they just loop them. So I've seen that um, Casablanca advert about 16 times. Yeah. Just fuck off adverts. It's really... That one, I do have to say, really does seem wrong to <sighs> me. Like, on, on a moral Awful. level, it seems really inappropriate. They're both dead as well. Take these dead people and give them new voices. Yeah. Twats. And do you know what? I don't have a problem. This isn't a kind of uh, all advertising is evil no. thing. I'm fine with adverts, actually. They've got, I think a lot of them are really good. Mm. Not now, obviously, but in the olden yeah. days. Back in the old days. Shake and Vac, that's a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I tell you what, an advert with a jingle, spot on. Yeah. Go for it. But this kind of... The other type of advert I hate is the one that's trying to give you, make you feel emotional, trying to appeal to your emotions. They've all got to be emotional, haven't they, now? They've got to tell a little emotional story. Yeah. Fuck off and just do a little funny jingle. <laughs> Stop trying to make me feel things, bastards. So is that things what got on your tits? Yeah, it is. George, do you want to tell me what you've been watching this week? <laughs> Thank you. Right, well, this week uh, I've actually been watching something uh, to talk about. That's good good for us. (laughs) I've been watching quite a lot of episodes of The Weakest Link because I know we've we've talked about it before, Paul. We have. But I've this week arrived at the conclusion that I think it is genuinely one of the best quiz slash game shows (laughs) ever. I think so, yeah. And I've I've got my reasons. Okay. One, it is probably nostalgia. That's probably a huge part of it. That's got to be. I, I well, grew thing, up with the Weakest Link. A, it was so massive at the time, Weakest yeah. Link. Which, yeah. I mean, it even got into, like, 
Doctor Who yeah. when it first came. There was a whole episode essentially based around The Weakest Link. That's how popular it was. My family, they did an episode of, of that inspired by of The Weakest Link. <laughs> they were probably running out of ideas towards the end of the 50th season. There. I'd reckon so. But um, but I think like if you look at the the current sort of quiz show landscape, it's quite disappointing yeah. by comparison. Because oh, growing totally, up, yeah. growing up, we had the weakest link and Millionaire. Yep. They were the two big behemoth quiz shows. Absolutely. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, I don't think. You, what's the comp? What's the, what are the equivalents now? What's the BBC and ITV equivalent of? It, it would weakest probably link and Millionaire. be uh, pointless, which I do quite like, and it's the chase. Right. I'm not a massive fan. Yeah, I guess so. They would kind I of. I suppose be... they are big, just not in the same yeah. way. I just don't think they're, they're a bit as nice, iconic. aren't they? Yeah, they're a bit nice. The chase and pointless. They're a bit. Uh, I liked the fact that the weakest link and millionaire were like fucking hardcore. Yeah, like if you went on those, you you really suffered. And that's you suffered if you went on those. That's on to my second uh, point, really, which is that snide behaviour is at the heart of the weakest link. <laughs> you know, voting other people off, being reward. <laughs> it rewarded people for behaving like twats. <laughs> but not it's the thing is it's also not like genuine twattishness but a sort of petty childish form of, of twattery it's really which is petty. really funny <laughs> one of the best moments <laughs> for me at least is seeing chris uh pre-eggheads chris being voted yep. off for getting every answer right <laughs> <laughs> it's so good it's such a brilliant cliff <laughs> goodbye chris Very disappointed to fought my way all the way through to the last three, never to have answered a question incorrectly, and then to be voted off because the other two daren't face me in the final. It just proves that in this country today and the world at large, mediocrities rule. Um, have you got any more thoughts on that? On that particular <laughs> aspect? Got any more thoughts on that? <laughs> what the, the bit about Chris specifically? No, just the 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 the. the... Yeah, the snidiness of it. Snidiness. Um, well, just that it reminds me of this show every now and then. Yeah, this is um, this podcast was inspired by the weakest link. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> if we claim that. I think we should from now on. Um, my third point, Anne Robinson. Yeah. Now I know she's a bit Daily Mail, but I have to admit yes. I do have a soft spot for Anne Robinson, and it's <clears> taken me a very long time to come to this conclusion and to appreciate and respect what she was actually doing on that show. Okay. Uh, yeah. I would, as a kid, I thought, oh, I hate her. She's a hate figure. But she's brilliant. She's like 100% pantomime when you watch she is it. She's good, She's great. It? She gives... She's a total bastard with the contestants. Yeah, and she's awful, awful person, but she is perfect for that show. And, like, I never went to, to Panto as a kid but because it did my head in, but, you know, instead I had the weakest link. And that will change this Christmas when we go and see uh, John Chalice in Aladdin. Between filming episodes of Are You Being Served? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Fourth point, wrong answers. Okay. For some reason, it seems to be the best quiz show for funny wrong answers. Is it because it moves quite quickly between questions? They've got the time... Like in other quiz shows, because they're panning them out so much, where you they dwell on like the wrong answer, and they all go, "Oh no, sorry," and all that. But in a weakest thing, it's just wrong answer. Bam, move on. Yeah, if you think about eggheads, the way they spin out what would be yeah. a five-minute TV show into half an yeah. hour is unbearable to watch. 
but yeah, I I I did sort of analyze perhaps a couple of reasons. Uh, one was that uh, they're so rapid fire the questions, and it sort yeah. of doesn't allow contestants to think things through, <laughs> and it creates a cumulative effect comedically that it's just one funny answer after another rapidly building up the other point i think is that a lot of the questions are quite straightforward so that also i mean they're fairly they're fairly easy really yeah there are a couple that get quite tricky towards the sort of later rounds but yeah they're for the most part quite straightforward questions i mean this this isn't us saying that we do great on it because obviously you know with the added pressure of being there with robinson yeah and all the music and all that i'm sure it's a lot harder Mm. but they are on the surface simple questions yeah uh, fifth point, the music and like the design is very iconic. Again, I know it's that's great, nostalgia, it? but it's just absolutely yeah, it's entrenched into my sort of subconscious, I think. Totally. Uh, and sixth, it's got the best video game adaptation of any TV quiz I've yep. played. We both As agree it's one of the best video games of all time. <laughs> 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 because it really makes you feel part of the show. It really does. It's brilliant. It's got proper characters in it and everything. Just is that one day we maybe we'll discuss this properly. But yeah, just if honestly seek out the weakest link game on PlayStation or PlayStation Two. Was it on any other consoles? Was it? On... I think there might have been a PC release, but I don't okay. know. Yeah, just honestly seek it out. It's really good. But it, yeah, it makes you feel like you're on the show. And I do wonder, Paul, yep. if if you could time travel back to two thousand and three. <laughs> Yep. But as a 25-year-old man, okay. would you uh, go on The Weakest Link? <laughs> I mean, is this a serious... Are you asking me... I mean, I wouldn't. that wouldn't be my main thing I'd do. No, but... <laughs> but, I, uh, yes, I probably would, actually, yeah. Great. Well, through the magic of uh, this podcast... <laughs> I'm going to take you back in time and put you on the weakest link. (laughs) Here are today's team of nine contestants preparing for the show. Only one of them will go home with the prize money of up to £10,000. The others will leave with nothing as their teammates vote them the weakest link. people in the studio here today could win up to £10,000. They don't know each other, however. If they want the prize money, they'll have to work as a team. But eight of them will leave with nothing. As round by round we lose the player voted the weakest link. Let's meet the team. I'm Claire, I'm 35, I'm a payroll supervisor from Ivy Bridge in South Devon. I'm Keith, I'm 58, I operate a boarding kennels by Campbelltown on the Mull of Kintyre. I'm Lee, I'm 41, I'm a freelance copy editor from Cambridge. I'm Ruth, a 60-year-old retired clerical officer from Oswestry. I'm Andy, I'm 34, I'm a company director from Dorset. I'm Andrea, I'm 24 and I'm a teacher from Leicestershire. I'm Ian. I'm 48 and I'm an IT tutor from Leeds. I'm Astra, I'm 30 and I'm a physio assistant and mother from Plymouth. I'm Paul, I'm 25 and I do a shitty podcast called Crass. 
I also work at HMV. Now the rules. In each round, the aim is to answer enough questions correctly to reach your £1,000 target within the time limit. The fastest way is to create a chain of nine correct answers. Get your question wrong and you break the chain and lose all the money in that chain. But if you say bank before the question is asked, the money is safe. However, you start a new chain from scratch. Remember, at the end of the round, only money that has been banked can be taken forward. In round one, there are three minutes on the clock. We'll start with a person whose name is first alphabetically. That's you, Andrea. Let's play The Weakest Link. The first question is for £20. Start the clock. Andrea, the motto of the three musketeers in Alexander Dumas's novel was all for one and one for what? All. Correct, Ian. What F is the term used to describe a relic of a former living thing preserved in rock? Fossil. Correct, Astra. In Cockney rhyming slang, which part of the body is your boat race? Your face. Correct, Paul. Bank. In food, Emmetal and Gruyere are both types of what? Jeez. Wrong. Claire. In geography, which is the largest country in the United Kingdom? England. Correct, Keith. In the nursery rhyme, little Jack Horner sat in the where? Corner. Correct, Lee. In human biology, what S is the column of 26 vertebrae running down the back of the body? Spine. Correct, back. Ruth. In mass, can the denominator of a fraction ever be zero? No. Correct, Andy. What C are manufactured under government control at the Royal Mint? Coins. Correct, Andrea. Which playwright is often referred to as the Bard of Avon? Shakespeare. Correct, Ian. In literature, the Guinness Book of what was first published in 1955? Records. Correct, Astra. In religion, at the Last Supper, what type of food did Jesus say was his body? Bread. Correct, Paul. In music, to which family of instruments does the drum belong? Percussion. 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 Claire, what V is a conical hill through which gases and molten lava are discharged? Volcano. Correct, Keith. Tadpoles are the larval stage of which animal? Frogs. Correct, Lee. In fashion, which garment did Levi Strauss introduce as workwear for gold miners? Jeans. Correct, Bang. Ruth. What S is a board or card game that can be played by one person? Solitaire. Correct, Andy. Tokyo is the capital of which country? Japan. Correct, Andrea. In nature, is the temperature in tundra regions generally cold or warm? Cold. Correct, Ian. In the children's book Charlotte's Web, what type of animal was the character Wilbur? Pass. A pig. Astra. A junk and a schooner are both what type of transport? Boat. Correct, Paul. In nature, what L are the main organs for photosynthesis and transpiration in a plant? Leaves. Leaves. Claire, in chemistry, do acids turn litmus paper red or blue? Red. Correct, Keith. In the animal kingdom, do chimpanzees have tails? No. Correct, Lee. In the children's cartoon, what is the name of Popeye's girlfriend? Olive oil. Correct, Ruth. In food, fusilli and fafali are both types of what? Pasta. Correct, Andy. In the TV comedy series, Monty Python complete John Cleese's catchphrase. And now for something completely what? Different. Correct, Andrea. In science, do neutrons have a negative charge or no charge at all? Uh, no charge at all. Correct, Ian. Which British TV soap opera is set in a cul-de-sac in Liverpool? Brookside. Correct, Astra. Bank. You've reached and backed your £1,000 target and that money goes through to the next round. But of course, one of you will not. Remember, you'll have 10 seconds less and you need to streamline the team. 
who's not up to scratch. One of you is about to leave with nothing. It's time to vote off the weakest link. After a profitable first round, Andrea is the strongest link. Although he banked £400 for the team, Paul is the weakest link statistically. But what will the team take into account as they cast their votes? Okay, voting over, it's time to reveal who you think is the weakest link. Paul. Oh, shit. Paul. 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 Ruth. Well, not much doubt about that. Ruth, had enough of Paul? Charming. No, I think Paul's very nice, but he got two questions wrong. Right. Oh, Lee, want to see the back of Paul? Well, not particularly, but I noticed he got a question wrong. Oh. No, I didn't. Paul, your hobby's music. Well, yeah, it's all right, isn't it? I mean, who doesn't like music, Anne? So you don't know about percussion? I did know about percussion. I said percussion. No, not at all, actually. What are you all on? To be honest, Dan, I'm a bit fucked off it because I think I did all right and everyone's just ganged up on me. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. See ya. I don't know what happened there, to be honest. A bit annoying, that, isn't it? Because, I mean, I thought I did all right. Uh, but everyone seemed to have been listening to a different round than I was. Because everyone voted for me. I hope Relevant wins it. You didn't do very well there, did you? On the weakest link, Paul. Well, apparently not. I mean... <laughs> I mean, you did get all of them right, I think. But, yeah. I did get, yeah, I did get all of them right, and they weird, still voted for it's me. It's weird that somehow Anne thought you got them all wrong as well. Yeah, yeah. that was that was odd. That is odd. It's like it was like it had been engineered, so <laughs> I was gonna lose no matter what. What are you trying to say? Nothing. Did nothing. you did you enjoy that experience though? Being on the weakest link. I did. I tell you what, I did have a good day out, and I got to meet Anne, <laughs> and uh, got to meet all the kids. Everyone was really nice and friendly. Yeah, and I got to I got to meet uh, Terry Wogan. It was lovely. Had a great day. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could uh, <laughs> give you that opportunity. To, <laughs> yeah, cheers, George. To fulfil one of your uh, childhood fantasies and dreams. <laughs> to be on the weakest link. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Well, that's all we've got time for this week on Crass, I think, isn't it, Paul? Yep, I think so. It's the end of... I mean, that's, I mean, I can't be bothered to do anything else, so we might as well just finish yeah. it there. If you're not a lawyer and you want to email us, the email address is crasspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at The Crass Podcast. I'm also on Twitter at Bumbledoon. That's Bumble, D-O-O-N. All that remains is for me to say I'm George Walsh. I'm Paul Austin. See you next week, listeners, for the final episode of uh, this season. It's been a bit of a duff. Been a bit of a duff one this week, um, but it usually is, <laughs> isn't it? The penultimate episode. That's the one that they reserve. Yeah. They reserve that space for if you've got a bit of a duff episode, mm. put it in the yeah. penultimate spot. Anyway, yeah. Bye. Goodbye.